For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. Oh, I don't know where you're at. Where are you? Here I go. Well, it doesn't look like the normal background. He's, he's, at, his, he's at his wife's house. <laughs> Not yet. I will not besmirch her name out in the streets. We are not married. It's not besmirching. That's your wife. <laughs> no, it's not. Us. Yeah. They're like, no, who's married? They're she's, who's married. Mm, she still has options. She has a lot of options. She still has different ways she could go here. Mm-hmm. Good, man. Tony has secured nothing. Tony yeah, just glad he, he's included. <laughs> I don't know, man. His They families were together eating dinner. It, it looked like a lot of love in the room now. Yeah, yeah, but here's the thing, man. Like, you know, I don't I don't think he's still doing it, but you remember for a while there, LeBron was just signing these two-year contracts with the opt-out after the first year. So it was really just one year contracts. <laughs> one year in a player option. Yeah. So I I'm almost 16 years into an actual marriage, and it's still kind of like that. Like you still, you know, you're still trying to earn each year as you go. So uh, Tony, after a matter of months. Has mm-hmm. secured nothing yet. Not yet officially, but my guys, my guys, not unofficially. TBD, TBD. No, not not even unofficially, Tony. If if you think even unofficially, you are making some assumptions that could come back to bite you in the butt. He's out of the streets, and and I'm happy for my guy. <laughs> she made it to the the Twitter profile. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw. I was like, wait a minute. Is on your Twitter profile? Yeah. What does that mean? She's mentioned on there, or it's a photo of you and her profile? He tweeted her. I haven't seen this. Yeah, I uh, I thought she's not on Twitter, though. One of my favorite things about her is that she's not on social media. Now I'm finding out. He put a picture of her on his Twitter, is what he's trying to say to you. Yeah, I think. I think you both do stuff on Twitter and Instagram that I never find out about just because I can't keep track of it all. I don't do that much. And I feel like either of you would be mad if you found out that I didn't know about something. Okay. Well, all right. Oh, that's Magic Johnson. Yeah, that's a gif of uh, Magic Johnson. Okay. All right. So these are pictures of Tony's girlfriend. How are, uh, in what way are these on Twitter? These are just uh, posted on there or it's her his profile photo? Tweeted. Photos of okay. his girlfriend on Twitter. 
Well, okay, so this is not his profile or his background or anything like that. Well, what's the tweet? This is my girlfriend. I have a girlfriend. It's Jason. You, this is. I don't not, know. I can't keep track no, of it. I'm everything. trying to explain to you. It's, do it's, we need to do ask an old person or, or? Yes, this is what exactly what this is. Ask an old person. It's, well, you it's doing her. this on Twitter seems like something an old person would do. I, I this it's I thought like Instagram is for this Jason, or Snapchat. Jason, let me, Jason, Jason, just let me explain it. It's three photos of Stephanie. Okay. With two of the little love emojis with like the smile with the hearts around. Okay. It, it's That's basically the the big three, right? Is is Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. No, so, nobody our age uses Facebook. Nobody my age even uses Facebook. But it's still uh, the, it's, oh. it's still the big three. Um, so I post her on all platforms, officially sending the you know the bat signal. I'm like, hey. Don't even try it with me. Taking down that signal, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, or I guess. You know. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Why don't, instead of a bat signal, why don't you just um, shine up in the sky like, you know, Russ's phone number or something? Like call call Russ. Here y'all go. Same play. <laughs> hey, hey, Russ. They're gonna Every be. Week. They're they're gonna be single ladies at at the presumed wedding. I'm telling you right now. Oh, I'm not worried. Matter of fact, there's a story that Jason's going to tell later in the show. Jason got to see me in action. Hmm. I got to see you in action. Oh my! All right, Jason, don't say it like that. <laughs> we were we were we were at a uh, bar, Siena, the other day. Oh, right. Yes. Nice. Oh, uh, Tony, you've been to Bar Siena before? I have not. I am uncultured. <laughs> Well, if you're looking for a nice little date night spot, Bar Siena, uh, Jason and I went there for dinner the other mm-hmm. night to do some yes. some business and planning mm-hmm. and just, you know, friend stuff. And uh, he got to see me see this this personality in action. Mm. We'll get to that later in the show. Oh, yeah, that's right. Now I remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Russ almost walked out of there with three of them. Four of mm. them. But who's counting? <laughs> me, obviously. We back up, baby. <laughs> City boys up. City boys up. I went to City a, boy, I went to a wedding downtown this weekend too, uh, and we should talk about that for a minute. Um, but let, let's start the show first. Welcome to Sports Adjacent. I'm Jason Leisure. My co-host, Russ Dorsey. Great to see you, Russ in glasses or Russ wearing glasses today. I'm not Tony. It's you just don't make a whole big guy. thing about it, huh? Same guy. Sure. <laughs> And our producer, Tony Gill, uh, I noticed, Russ, you cracked open a, uh, what was that, a seltzer or something like that? It is a uh, White Claw yeah. Black Cherry. See, you from time to time will will have something like that or a glass of wine on the show. Mm-hmm. And I'm always kind of jealous because that looks kind of nice. I kind of like, I, I wouldn't mind having a glass of wine while we do this or uh, like a whiskey or something like that. But I'm so afraid that I would just start falling asleep during the show. This is why we have ask an old person because it's that's not because it's late. It's because it's because I'm running on fumes, man. It's because I, I the other day I was like, I'm getting like five hours of sleep. It seems like uh, between work and everything else I have going on. And the other day I was like, it, this seems like the scenario where usually somebody would have a breakdown of some kind, but I feel okay. And oh then, that's, that's and good. then, and then the next morning I was driving to work. I hadn't had breakfast and I'm like, I might eat this turkey jerky that's in my car for breakfast. 
And uh, that turkey jerky was only there because it had been in my lunch from like five days earlier and I had forgotten it in the car. And I was thinking at the point where you're eating turkey jerky for breakfast in the car on your way to, on the way to your uh, job, I think that's the check engine light going off. I think that's it. I think that's rock bottom. That's the alarm going off for me. I think that's perfectly fine. I mean, I eat on the road all the time. Grab see, that's, yeah, see, th- things bar. that you think are perfectly fine, if they start happening in my life, I'm worried. You know. You, you should I, I, don't, I don't see the big deal. Russ, let's talk about uh, some exciting news here on the show. We have a new sponsor, BetUS. Yeah. Let's Very go. happy to have BetUS. Uh, we up, City can... Boys up. City Boy with it. City Boy. It's a song. We'll introduce you later. Okay. Don't worry about it. Did you guys do that after we talk about our new sponsor? <laughs> yes. yes. All right. That'd be wonderful. Thank you. BetUS, you can go to betus.com and you can bet on all sports, including live betting during games. Of course, they have a race book, Absolutely. casino. You can, uh, you can use cash or cryptocurrency. And really exciting news with our promo code, Russ. Yeah, you can use promo code sports adjacent. And with that, when you make your first deposit of $50 or more, you get a 125% sign-up bonus that goes towards placing your bets. NFL, NBA just started, college football, and much more. If you want to bet on sports, bet US, they got you. Yeah, I mean, you're already winning, basically, there. You put in 100 bucks, you get 25 extra kicked in. You're already ahead before you even start going. Um, we're also brought to you by Obvious Shirts. And you can go on their website and use promo code adjacent10. You guys know the deal by now. You get 10% off on anything you order there. Great t-shirts, a lot of good Chicago sports themed t-shirts for all the different teams. Um, Great, soft, good colors on the shirts. They already give you free shipping. So use our promo code adjacent10 over there. Um, One thing I did squeeze into my schedule today and was glad I did is that uh, even with everything going on, I've been wanting to do this. And I ended up missing the first game, but my daughter started playing, my 10-year-old daughter started playing on a basketball team here through the city. And uh, it's, it's, not, it's not where the kids who've been playing basketball all their life are playing. It's a little more <laughs> recreational, which is not AAU. Good, which is good because my daughter hasn't been playing. So this is a good league to learn it. house league the house league is that what it's called okay like through the ymca i played at the ymca when i was a kid because i also was not very good at basketball so like house um, league house league is like the town and it could be through you know like the town or like you saying the ymca rec park center, right park district and then you have like travel ball and your aau yeah. and and so on so yeah what does what age does aau start at is that like eight earlier than that right it's like no, seven yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen like shoot out the wall. The way these kids are. <laughs> yeah, somebody's getting sponsored. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I I went and uh, I went to the practice. They practice once a week and they play once a week. The games are at eight a.m. on a Saturday morning. And I told my daughter as soon as we found that out, um, it it it's okay to quit. We don't really have to do this. I don't even care how much it costs. Um. I went and I was like, I'm just going to watch. I'm just going to kind of hide on the sideline uh, and try to stay out of my daughter's sight line and just watch what's going on. But these kids are terrible. They needed some help. <laughs> uh, no, they're not. I'm, just, I'm kidding. They, they play like typical uh, 
10 to 14 year olds that are relatively but, but good at basketball. Thing, you told me the score, and we were both shocked by like the final score. The score of the first game was talent level. 22 to 21. Um, I come to find out uh, there are like two players on the team that have played before, and they scored the entire 21 points for my, <laughs> my daughter's team. Um, but the uh, – the coach of this team, she does an amazing job because they get about 45 minutes to an hour to practice. You're trying to teach kids that are new to basketball. You're trying to, I mean, some of the basics that that you take for granted about layups and setting picks and playing defense and rebounding and things, even just some of the basic um, logistics of how the game is played, like the rules and things like that. You're having to explain all that. And man, this woman is high energy. This woman is a friend of ours. and She's a librarian. She's not a librarian when she's coaching those kids, man. She is high energy. She runs a good, good practice. I really enjoyed that. But about 15 minutes left to go, she asked me if I'll help. She just needs a body out there. She just needs somebody to be like a dummy defender, you know, for to stand in front of a kid while they dribble past you, which actually from my basketball playing days was my forte. So uh, I'm an expert at that. Forte. Yeah. But I, I see, I was never very good at basketball um, other than shooting, but I understand it. And I know I, I w- I'm one of those people that would be able to probably coach, but never play, never very good, but understands how it all works. And it, like, I knew this was not going to be good when she asked me to help because I, I just I can't help myself. And I especially am trying to stay out of all this because it's my daughter's team. And like, she needs something that doesn't involve us, something that doesn't involve her parents, something where she's playing, you know, sports and the authority figure is someone other than us. But it took me like a minute before I started instructing kids on boxing out and on putting their hands up on me. And I just, it it got away from me. I just couldn't help it, Russ. I mean, it's all good. Um, I'm happy that the kids are out there playing, enjoying themselves and and everything's cool. I will say I, I was shocked by the time, but then I thought about it. I I like refed little kids basketball at the YMCA in college, and like the times were really early. How early? Uh, I usually got there at like seven thirty, seven fifteen to get ready, and then games would start at like eight o'clock on the dot. Tony, what's the earliest you would get up for a basketball game? Uh, all my games were at night when I started playing basketball. So this is 80. The only time I did that is I had to get up early for Whitney Young practices at like 5 a.m. And be there by like at 6 or something like that. So that was, that was the first time I experienced early morning basketball. Um, but yeah, most of my games were like at night. Like how do you even function? well enough that early i don't know and i i missed the first game because i was downtown for a wedding um and then i'm gonna miss the next game because i'm traveling for the bears but then after that i'm expected to be up and be there at 8 or eight forty-five on a saturday morning tony when i originally told you that my daughter was gonna play you mm-hmm. said that you'd be coming out to the games you remember this right uh yeah so in two weeks that. we'll see you out there at eight forty-five a.m buddy and it's about an hour drive from where you live, Tony. You can't make you can't make uh, kids' promises and break them. You oh, did I learn that now? 
I didn't say that to the kid. One thing I am worried about. <laughs> well, I relayed that to her. I said Un- Uncle Tony's going to be there. Yeah, <laughs> and she's expecting it. She's expecting her. Let's go sign in the crowd. You know what I am worried about though, Jason. As I, you know, grow old, and hopefully I will have children as uh, great as your children. Um, I'm worried about me being a bit too competitive. Um, oh yeah, yeah. See, if you were going to come to one of these games, mm-hmm. if you were going to come to these one of these games as uh, Uncle Tony, you, mm-hmm. I would, the the city would not make you do this, but I would make you sign the parent code of conduct before you got there, <laughs> that I had to sign. Tony, I had, when I was refing uh, kids basketball in college, I had like a parent roll up on me. Yeah, it gets real. How so? What happened? So like, I it was like eight year olds, and I call an obvious foul at the end of the so game. So one one level below the NBA. So it makes sense that the parents would go crazy about this. <laughs> call a foul at the end of the game, and team knocks down both free throws, and they lose. And like the kid's dad rolls up on me like, "Yo, you can't call that foul." And I'm like, first of all, my man, don't, don't, I don't know you like that. Don't walk mm-hmm. up on me." Second mm-hmm. of all, I was, I was like, "Look around. Do you see a scout here? Is there anybody getting a scholarship? Is there anybody <laughs> going to the NBA?" The answer to that, that is over? no. How'd that go over? He was just pissed off, and I went home with my money. <laughs> I did. Uh, I umpired little league games when I was in. I want to say like high school, maybe like maybe about fifteen. They'll let you umpire the maybe the ten to twelve year olds. I think if I'm remembering right. And uh, man, I had parents go berserk on me, and that yeah. and and all of these sports are hard. Like every sport is difficult to officiate. Balls and strikes are hard. Football, you can call a penalty on every single play. Basketball, you can pretty much call a foul on every single possession. Right. Um, hockey, I'd like. I, I mean, a lot of people don't even know what's going on in that sport. But I had a guy. I had. I had one guy just like go absolutely berserk on me, and it was like a guy from our church. It was like one of my parents' <laughs> friends. But this is something that happens to parents, and I'm I'm starting to understand it now, even with my kids not really being that serious about sports. You you take it so seriously because it's like it, it's like your sport at this point. I mean, I don't have any sports I can really compete in at my age. Although I think about that from time to time. I see Jason Peters out there at 39, and I'm like, I'm 37. If I got really serious for two years. To really get in shape, you know, maybe I could make a go of it at 39, but uh, but that's on hold for now. You can go play rec league basketball. Yeah, I think I'd sit on the bench there too. I would need to. I knew you would need to join a league or a team that was very shorthanded, and so they'd have to play me. Like they only know. had five guys. We could find a five on five somewhere in, in the city. At what little I had left has totally atrophied. Although that might be fun. That might be good content for the show. Maybe you'll be surprised, Russ. Maybe I'll be uh, maybe I'll be out there like Alex Caruso. Looks can be deceiving. All right, all right. Don't don't get ahead of yourself. That he's in the NBA and you're 37 years old. Well, I still got time. I'm only 37 years old. What's funny is like I I do find myself thinking not not necessarily about playing pro sports, although I, I wouldn't take it off the table. Um. I find myself thinking all the time about like stuff I want to do. You know, I want to make sure I have this done by this. And I, I like, it's like, I want to have this amount of um, 
money in my savings, for example, by the time I'm 35. And then I realized like that was two years ago. I'm already past it. You kind of forget how much time has gone by and you're like, I really want to make sure I'm doing this by my 40s. And it's like, oh, my 40s are like next week. <laughs> I'm looking through Tony's Twitter trying to find these pictures that he supposedly tweeted of his girlfriend, and I'm not. You want me to, I'm gonna, I find I'm, one big family photo, but I'm mostly it's just a bunch of gifts about other people's tweets. I'm literally going to text you. I'm going to text it to you now because I know you're going to go into this rabbit hole of things Tony has said over the last couple yeah. of days, and I don't want that. <laughs> he tweeted actually about Ben Simmons, and that's what I want to talk about right now. But Tony, this seems to be your most commonly used gif or tweet of any kind i, I bet at least 40 percent of your tweets are this how would you describe this <laughs> gif for the audience because it's not a visual medium and i'm holding a phone yeah. up to the to the camera right mm -hmm. now how, what is this how, describe this one for people in a way that they know exactly what it is because i see this all the time people will know what this is yeah, it's the conceited gif where he does the okay <laughs> Yeah, it's a guy with a backwards hat and a red solo yeah. cup, everybody's standing yeah. around and he kind of turns away. See, I'm doing what I just asked you to do right now and describing it. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of turns away with this like shaking his head look. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and it was uh, Conceited. He's a battle rapper that happened during a battle rap. Where oh, that's his died. name. His yeah, name is Conceited. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well yeah. then, okay, then you did explain it. I had no idea. I thought you were saying that the guy was literally conceited, that that was his no. I had no idea. <laughs> no, his name is conceited. Wow. How every, about that? Every every week we do this podcast, Jason, you get a year older. I want to do my next uh I want to do my next rapper book report on conceited now. I gotta learn about this guy. Yeah, he's a he's a really good battle rapper. He was a wilder now. Um he was he was responding to uh, somebody else's whack bars, and he's like, "You sure you okay? You sure you want to go with that?" Okay. I also use that gif a lot on Twitter. Yeah, well, so Tony, he's he's shaking his head about these whack bars. So basically, like all mm -hmm. your tweets are you shaking your head at the whack bars of the world. No, it's it's more of the the specific reaction. So if you just isolate that reaction without context and add it to whatever tweet is being quote tweeted. That's how I, that's how I feel most of the time looking at Twitter. Okay, so perfect example, Jason. Yes. When anytime that you tweet that Matt Nagy says we have to figure out the why. Yeah, Tony why usually gives me our... one of those guys. One, a mm -hmm. guy. Exactly. That's where yeah. it goes in. I, I think Tony mostly does that about all my Bears tweets. Anytime I notice that one of my Bears tweets has popped up on Tony's timeline, mm -hmm. it's got this guy. And I can stop calling him this guy because I now know that his name is conceited. Boom. There you go. So what Tony posted, uh, what Tony posted, the conceited gif about this time, Russ, was Ben Simmons. And he's back. Or at least he Is was. He? he was back. He's back he at back home. For like he's a back day, at home. For like a day or two. I, I loved uh, Ben Simmons, as you guys, as uh, most people know, but we'll fill you in in case you haven't been following every detail of this. Um, he has wanted out of Philadelphia. They want him out of Philadelphia, really. They keep saying otherwise, but they do. They'd be more than happy to get rid of Ben Simmons, which uh, at this point, good luck getting more than a second-round pick. Um, he, he went totally AWOL during the offseason. They couldn't get a hold of him. They couldn't meet with him. They wanted to fly to California and sit with him and try to work something out, and uh, that couldn't be done. And, and I say try to work something out, like probably try to at least just get him back playing so that they could trade him. Um, they finally get him to come in, Russ, and they want to practice. The video of this is incredible. I mean, 
He's he's in sweatpants, which okay, some guys practice in sweatpants oh sometimes. But he's got his, phone his see that's the best part. He's got his phone in his pocket. I, I've never really done anything serious athletically in my life with my phone in my pocket. That's my favorite part. What, what, does he, what does he need it there for? Is he going to be? Does he like got to like answer a text during practice? It's it's the true. I don't give a f- about this practice. Yeah. The season <laughs> when that happened, the season was three days away. Right at the yeah. time we record, he will have been suspended for the game for contract conduct detrimental to the team. But three days away from the season opener, yeah. and he was like, "Nah, I'm chilling. I got my." He he basically <laughs> was like. It's like he ho- he's hooping after school with the homies and has his phone in his pocket, just yeah. you know, going through the motions. Um, well, it, and that it, was the least of yeah, it got worse. Things. It got worse from there, Russ. He that was him trying. Um <laughs> air quotes. Yeah. From there we got to getting thrown out of practice pretty much right away for for not even really participating. And I'm he's tried two moves so far, Russ. He has tried the James Harden move of good luck. I'm not doing anything. Trade me. And now he has tried the Jimmy Butler move sort of of ruining practice to see if that will get him to trade him. But he he did, he took such a worse approach to it than Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler went in and kicked everybody's butt and uh, just dressed everybody down verbally and with his play. Ben Simmons went in with his phone in his pocket and uh, pouted. Jimmy was actually good. See, now that's the thing. He's trying the James Harden and the Jimmy Butler moves, but he he doesn't realize that he's not on that plane at all right now, especially right now. It was just, but it's the fact that it was like, and I tweeted about it earlier, and we've talked about it on the show. This is everybody's fault. It's Ben's fault. It's also the Sixers' fault because you can't talk shit about the dude every day since the playoffs, since you got bounced, and act Mm -hmm. like he was going to come in and play nice with the other kids, right? Yeah, but at the same time, if you're Ben, it's like, what other team wants any of this that you this nonsense that you're doing right now? Like, Doc asks you. Doc is one of the most respected coaches in the league, and Doc says, "Yo, Ben, uh, come in and, and do this defensive drill with us," and you just go, "Nah." And he asks you again. Now you're showing your coach up in practice in front of everybody. Ben, we're doing this defensive drill. I need you to get in on this. Nah. Then you should go home. I'm not and sure who, who's, ad, who's, who's advising him because this is worse than not showing up. Yeah, it, I don't know where it, Rich it makes Paul more is. sense to never even come than to come and just where like. Where is Rich Paul? Right. He's probably off with yep. uh, Adele. <laughs> That's his girlfriend now, right? Oh, I know. I actually knew that. <laughs> I knew that. I saw that on Twitter and I, I'm like, is there another Rich Paul that I don't I'm like? Oh, it's him. He's That's actually, it's actually him for Rich Paul. Yeah. But yeah, that's your agent. That's the, the person who's supposed to be advising you on this. And like, isn't LeBron yeah. supposed to be like his pseudo mentor? I mean, like, I, it's it's it, is LeBron? It's all, fake. it's all fake, man. Le- LeBron really doesn't have time for this. Just like that's what I'm saying. Just like Joel and Ben is grown. Like, we got to stop with this whole. Oh, he's a kid. Oh, yeah. he, no, this is immature. This yes. is a grown ass man who went into practice, didn't want to be there. Yeah, did the whole Marshawn? I'm here so I don't get fined. Yeah, and then get got fined. <laughs> and then got fined. Yeah, uh, over a million dollars got suspended for the first game because you disrespected your coach in practice. Didn't get in on practice. You've been mm-hmm. mentally checked out since you got there. Like, if I'm any team who would be thinking about trading for Ben Simmons, 
I am I'm giving you two basketballs and a, a, a buy one get one free at Subway. That's all you're getting from me from Ben Simmons. Like I'm not giving you anything good at this point because hey, you have no leverage either of them. You know, like Russ, you mentioned that it's both their faults, and I don't I don't think it's the Sixers' fault. I think the Sixers went above and beyond to court Ben Simmons through his years as a Sixer. Building a team essentially around him, trying to make him comfortable at every step of the way, getting rid of the better player in Jimmy Butler Mm -hmm. in order to appease Ben Simmons. They've done all they can do for Ben Simmons. And when it came down for him to perform, and they weren't asking a lot out of him, Joel would handle the bulk of the majority of the scoring aspects of that team. All All he had to do was make the baskets when they came to him. It's his fault. If he dunks on, gets that free dunk, we're not having this conversation. All of this is on Ben Simmons and for him to act out. And that's the funny thing about it. He's the one that's acting out like he's the one that was hurt. You hurt the team. You hurt the franchise. by And are now currently hurting the franchise more. Yeah. I hear you. And like, if, if, if I were to say who has bigger blame here, yes, I, for all those reasons you've mentioned, and we've talked about in the past, like it's on Ben. At the same time, yes. as the organization, like you dog a person in public, yo, this dude sucks. Like you basically said that Joel's been dogging him for like two years on the <laughs> low, and actually not on the low, like just outright. Um, you can't ask that person to come back in the fold. I don't care if he's under contract or not. You can't have that in your locker room now because now you've caused this rift. Where the team is trying is gonna have their first game of the season, and now you have all this distraction. People keep asking Doc about it. People keep asking and beat and beat about it. And he's like, "Hey, man, I ain't talked to bro since the playoffs, so it really don't matter to me. I'm not babysitting nobody." It's all these and teams. The number one thing they talk about: we don't want any distractions. But you've created now these distractions by inviting this guy who you don't want on your roster back. So, in, in my estimation, that's why it's also their fault. Well, I think what you're saying, Russ, is, and let's get to what Joel Embiid said in a minute here, Tony. Um, I think what Russ is saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that nothing that the Sixers have said about Ben Simmons is inaccurate, but correct. they have they have mismanaged this situation because yes. they have a valuable, they have what was at one point a valuable asset that could have been traded. And now it's like, and unless the Knicks or the Sacramento Kings comes through, which they might still get something, Russ, because those teams are always there. Uh, and as you know, from growing up watching the Bulls, the Knicks are always there for you. Uh, but, uh, you know, and that's the situation that Ben Simmons, by the way, is going to play himself into. He's not playing himself into a position where they trade him to Phoenix or Milwaukee. Like he's not landing on a good team at the end of this. Uh, Tony, let's hear what Joel Embiid said about this today. And now... Tony Gill reads. Uh, yes, guys. Tony Gill with glasses is back. Um, glad to be here where I read. This is from Joel Embiid from today's on this day that we're recording. Practice responding about uh, Ben Simmons getting suspended. Our job is not to babysit somebody. We get paid to produce on the court. Go out, play hard, win some games. That's what we get paid for. We don't get paid to come out here and try to babysit somebody. So that's not our job. And I'm sure my teammates feel that way. He added later, at this point, I don't care about the man. 
He does whatever he wants. And when he says, Russ, that his teammates probably feel the same way, and you hear the frustration there from him, like he's past trying to even trying to say the right thing about Ben Simmons. See, th- there's two very interesting dynamics to this situation to me. Is one that Philly's actually a really good team. And you can say what you want about Brooklyn being better, Milwaukee being better, the Lakers being better. They all are. But Philly was the number one seed in the East last year. They have a good team. They have, they have guys like Embiid that it, it's a stretch, but he wants to and thinks he's going to be playing for a championship this year. So you have this happening on a, on a, on a pretty good team. This isn't like when it happened to the Houston Rockets with James Harden. But you also have it happening with a player who, who is not really – coveted right now there are not teams where you're like oh boy if they got ben simmons if the warriors got ben simmons if the lakers got ben simmons look out there's there's none of that i i haven't heard a whisper once of him possibly going to a good team this is why both sides have ruined it for themselves but yeah. specifically ben are there 30 teams or 29 other teams out there that would say yo ben simmons would look good in insert team name here Yes, there are 29 GMs that would love to have Ben Simmons on their team. Are they going to pay the price that it would normally take to bring that player in? Absolutely not. Plus his contract. He has no leverage and the Sixers have no leverage, right? I don't care if you hate Ben Simmons and Ben Simmons hates you as the Sixers. I'm not paying top dollar or overpaying for a player who everybody knows, all 29 yeah. other GMs knows, wants to be out of Philly. Yeah. Sorry, Ben. Like, yeah, you signed the extension. It's not It's not our fault you and Joel hate each other and this was doomed <laughs> from the start. These guys haven't even liked each other since their rookie seasons, and now everybody's like, oh, my gosh, they hate. This has been brewing for a long time. He signed the extension. Nobody put a gun to his head and said, yo, sign a Philly. And if you it was up to Joel... I don't if know if somebody Joel, they would have kept uh, Jimmy. I'm not sure if a good team would take him for nothing. If a good team would trade a second round pick for him without Philly picking up some of the contract, because his contract is $33 million this year, going up to over the next three years, $40 million. I mean, a Ooh. good team, a good team already has max players. Or yeah, how much wants you need to, to have max players. They're not going to want to take even if you said you can have Ben Simmons in a trade for free. I don't know that anybody wants to. Well, the, give up yeah, the cap space you, gotta, you gotta match it in the NBA. No, oh, I right. think you gotta yes. you gotta right. get within like eighty percent or so. I think of yeah, uh, right. I think you're right. But either way, you don't want that, and it's not like he's in an expiring deal. He's got three more seasons after this, and he's going to collect that money. His best move right now is to come back and play for Philly, and ideally, if he believes he can do it, play well. Play well. Yeah, but that. Imagine what that would require of him. And you see, like, I kind of thought he was going to do that when he reported, when he showed up after all of the offseason and he sat down with them and he's and he starts practicing. I thought, okay, this is his plan. He has somehow, you know, humbled himself and kind of set all this aside and been like, forget all that. Here's what I need to do to get what I want. I need to come back and play and play well. And you see that he's not going to do that. And, and I mean, I just I don't know if yeah. he's got the, uh, what would you call it? I guess the determination or the fortitude right now to put all of that ego aside and do what he probably really needs to do. I, I don't see any other course for him, Russ, other than what I just said. I was gonna say like, 
when Joel said what he said today, I tweeted like in jest. So when are they just going to fight? Because it seems like it's geared in that direction. <laughs> they need to and go 30. Honestly, they gotta go 30. I think they need to go 30. Cause honestly, like, I don't think that would solve it. But I think that needs to happen because they're they haven't spoken in now. What's it been since they got bounced? Almost six months. Yeah, yeah. I think haven't, just I was gonna say they yeah. haven't spoken, mm-hmm. and at the same time, like let's say Ben does come back, right? I need my ball handler to be able to talk to our primary scorer. <laughs> you guys have to talk, and if y'all ain't talking six right. months. Yeah. This is terrible basketball. No, There's this nothing is... Doc Rivers can do to fix that situation on the court where you yeah. need it to happen. I don't care if they don't talk off the court, but on right. the court, I need them to be able to communicate. They got to work together. This is not baseball where it's like you get to bat and then the next person gets to bat. And then right. the next, like you've got to be in tandem with each other. Go ahead, Tone. Now, I'm, I'm trying to think of like all-time teammate beefs in terms of that level. And it's only what Shaq and Kobe, right? right. In terms yeah. of that level of player involved in the beef. And they, at least on the court, worked they it played out. through it. They Correct. played through it. Yeah, Shaq talks right. about so, all the time. Like there was times where they hated they, each other off the mm-hmm. court, but they talked and communicated on the court. That's yeah, gonna be my next uh, Tony reading segment. By the way, is Shaq's rap lyrics about Kobe? Go ahead, Tony. <laughs> Kobe told me how my ass tastes. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> at, the, at the club, he went crazy at the club. <laughs> that's the one. Go ahead, Tony. Oh Shaq, Shaq and Kobe played through this. They had they yeah. had similar problems. Um, they were both very good. Neither of them was in the position career-wise that Ben Simmons is where there's not a lot of options. But what's, what well, was yeah, the uh, comparison the, you were going to make? But the, the the difference is is that there was an understanding between Shaq and Kobe that the number one thing they wanted to do was win. It was just the path that they, that they took individually to get to the winning. But the winning was the ultimate goal for both Correct. of them. Correct. I feel like the winning is the ultimate goal for Joel. I think Ben just wants to be catered to. Like this, like does he even like basketball, or does he like what basketball gives him in terms of attention? In terms of being a basketball star, right? He likes being a basketball star, but I don't know if he necessarily likes basketball. And I think right. there's a, a, a defining personality line as well, where Ben Simmons is super passive aggressive, which is like weird. Like I think. Passive aggressiveness is weird. Just if you don't say, if you don't like anything, just say it. Just tell me, you know? Like, and that's the type of person that Joel is, and that's the type of people that Joel likes, aka Jimmy Butler. But Benson, it, it's not, it, it wasn't going to work. Like, I, I figured this wasn't going to work like three years ago. And then it's ultimately now it's, it's come to a head between those two. And I think their best course of action, they just sent him home. Just sent him home. If he if he's quiet and he's laying low, not showing up at strip clubs, like not embarrassing himself, you know, in, in public, and he just goes home out of sight, out of mind, that may be the next best thing because I don't think he's gonna come back. I don't think he's humble enough. I don't think he cares about anything in Philadelphia enough to do anything of the sort. So the best question back to would Daryl Morin would probably tell him to go home until we trade. It's been a lot of talented guys who've been in the league who were immature and weren't in the league long after that. Um, obviously, everybody knows that Ben Simmons is talented, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, are you mature enough to stay in the league? And we're about to find out. Like, who, Ben Simmons' talent is no good if he's at his house playing a game. Right. Or showing up to practice with a cell phone in his pocket. 
Right. I can't believe how much we talk about Ben Simmons on this show, Russ. I would say over the first, what have we been doing this, seven or eight months? I, I feel like our number one topics, if you made a word cloud out of it, would be like racism, COVID, and Ben Simmons would be third. Yes. <laughs> He's working his way up the list. We're not trying to do a bunch of Ben, just like the other things, we're not trying to do a bunch of Ben Simmons segments, but it somehow it keeps coming list. up. He it wasn't even on up. our list, and then he said, nah, F you, Doc. I'm not getting in these, this, this three-man weave you want me in right now. Sorry. All right. Russ, uh, do, you know, do you know what I would love to end this segment? What is that? I would love to hear from Hurt Feelings Ben Simmons. Wouldn't you? Yeah, one time for the one time, Tony. Hey, guys. You guys talked bad about me last year. What was, what was that about? All I wanted to show up for work. I play defense. Who plays defense anymore? I play defense. And you guys ruined my life. I'm out of here. Oh. <laughs> Way to punctuate it with the oh. <laughs> We're really excited to add BetUS to our lovely sponsors here on Sports Adjacent. And like we talked about earlier on the podcast, you're going to log on to BetUS.com. You're going to sign up. They're going to ask you some questions, your name, your address, a little bit of your info. And they're going to ask you where you heard about BetUS. Obviously, you listen to our podcast. That's where you heard about them. You click podcast in the drop down menu. You're going to type in Sports Adjacent. After that, you're going to want to make a bet. So you're going to make your first deposit of 50 or more dollars and put in promo code sports adjacent. Now that's going to get you a 125%. That's 125% sign up bonus to make whatever bet you want. NFL, NBA, MLB playoffs, whatever you want. College football. They have it at betus.com. This week, I'm going with a couple different games. Bengals, Ravens should be a high scoring affair. Bengals plus six. I'm taking them to cover that plus six spread. High powered offense. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon. I think they're going to do that. Sunday night game. Colts 49ers. You know, 49ers, they're the favorite, but I'm I'm liking the Colts at plus 165. Jonathan Taylor's coming off a couple big games. I like him in this Sunday night matchup. Last but not least, Eagles and Raiders. Eagles had a tough game last week. They lost a couple players to COVID. I think they come back strong. Jalen Hurts is due for a big game. Money line plus 145. I'm flying with the Eagles. BetUS.com. Promo code sports adjacent. 125% sign up bonus. Log on now. Highland. We're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. 
online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. It was good to see you guys this weekend, by the way. Oh, you saw yeah. Tony too? Uh, yeah. Well, we all saw, three saw each other Friday night at oh, uh, yeah, Morris Book signing. Yeah, yeah, that was a good time. Shout it out was, to Evan. It was a great event. Like a was. lot of people were there. Yes. It was a lot of fun. At Haymarket, we met Jason's brother. Whoa, you did what? First time we met Jason's brother. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tony was there. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah, my brother Jake came with me to that um, because we, man, I was in the city the entire weekend because we were at my cousin's wedding, and it it was it was the weekend. I mean, it was th- this was quite a uh, wedding, by the way. It was at the Abel was there. What? <laughs> I said what Abel was Abel was there. I don't get your bad joke. <laughs> the Ab- Abel, the weekend. His real name is Abel. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got it, Tony. I thought it was right. funny. I thought it was funny. Did you really, though? Did you really think it was funny? <laughs> it's funny. The weekend name is Abel. You know what Come I thought on. was funny was we were at Haymarket Brewery and uh and Tony's like Tony's like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I can't stay long because I'm making dinner for the entire family tonight. Which I guess come to find out was that your family and your girlfriend's family or just your family? No, just my family. Okay. Yeah. But he's still cooking dinner for his entire family, like multiple siblings, two brothers, a sister, parents. Uh, and it just keeps getting later and later and Tony's still there. <laughs> and I'm just like, Russ and I were both kind of more on top of this than you were. It seemed like we were both like, mm-hmm. if he's, if he's making dinner, when is this dinner happening? I feel like there's a bunch of hungry people at Tony's house that have no idea <laughs> that he's not going to be home till like eight. And then he's going to start cooking. Yeah. We were like, Tony, it's like 1115, bro. Pick up some white castles at your old, your old job. And, and hey, that but, night. but as all Greek chefs know, I did my prep early. I had things marinating for a few hours, ready to go once I, once I got in. So come on, Jason, you know, you're a pretty that, decent chef. Yeah. But it's shocking to hear you say that because I, you're you have many great qualities, but being prepared isn't usually one of them, at least not for our show. Like I, I send you things that you're going to have to read like a professional. And the first time you even open the email is when I say, hey, Tony, let's let's hear what Joel Embiid said. I feel like I don't think of you as a prepare and advance type person I based on that like experience in that in that example. I think it's fun for all of us just to experience it together. At the same time, <laughs> it's weird that you always think it's more <laughs> fun for you to do a bad job. Yeah, Where, does that fly at your normal work? That's what I was about to say. NBC Sports <laughs> Chicago don't let this fly, so we it, shouldn't either. Yeah, do you go to like your annual performance review and they're like, "Tony, you've done a really bad job this year," and you're like, "Yeah, I know, isn't it funny?" <laughs> I'm like, uh, <laughs> you're gonna be like, "No, we're gonna fire your yeah, ass if you right. don't stop." <laughs> isn't that great? Isn't that what you guys wanted? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it's usually fun to fi- fly by the seat of your pants, right? And no, not for the no people time. depending on you. Absolutely I can tell you not. firsthand that it's not. <laughs> Fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah. Shut up, Tony. <laughs> so um, I don't remember if we talked about this last week or if this is just something we've been talking about on the show. But Russ's dating life, if you want to call it that, or social life, what, what word would you put on it, Russ? What would you describe it as? Love uh, life? Uh, no, stop. Nah, not- right. Social life. Social life. Okay. Russ's social Tony, life. stop. <laughs> We're bleeping that because my mom listens to this podcast. There's, Continue, Jason. I'm trying to. <laughs> Russ's social life has taken a bit of a hit lately because of conversations that 
we've been having on this show. And Russ is less than pleased about that. And we both think very highly of Russ. Is that that accurate, Tony? Yeah, that's all right. Okay. And uh, and so do many people that listen to the show. There's a lot of Russ fans out there, including um, most of the people in my family. Because at, in my generation, like my level of the family tree, I'm one of the oldest among like the cousins. You know what I'm saying? You're the not oldest. Just, cool not, just, not just the oldest in my family, but in my immediate household as a kid growing up, like the oldest of my brothers, but also like one of the older cousins. So point being a lot of my cousins and many of them were at this wedding, all many aunts and uncles too also had this opinion, even though they're uh, older than me, but my, my cousins are all, and my brother are more like on that Russ level and they all love Russ. Several of my cousins told me uh, multiple cousins told me that they, they would listen to it because they know me and they like me and everything. But what they really like on the show is Russ because Russ, they like identify with Russ and my younger brother, Jake is in that category. Like he definitely is a Russ guy and he brought up the issue, Tony, that Russ has been bringing up that he thinks we need to be nicer to Russ. We need to be more supportive of Russ's um, social life and (laughs) we should be working to help Russ's social life rather than sometimes inadvertently also sometimes advertently uh working against russ's social life i think uh i think jake's right so i think we should i think we should say some nice things about russ for once i think we should try to help russ so if if any um prospective uh social life acquaintances are listening (laughs) my god i'd like to tell you some good things about my friend russ Uh, well, the other day when I called Russ, he couldn't answer because he was busy volunteering at the soup kitchen, for example, Tony. Ah, uh, yes. Serving the, uh, the homeless, one of his greatest qualities right. um, in life. Always yeah. there, ready to serve. That's right. <laughs> Continue. You guys are doing great. Well, um, he writes poetry. He he enjoys fine wine. That's actually true. The other things are true, too, I mean. (laughs) But this is more true. (laughs) That one's true in the sense that it's uh, not something I made up. Uh, What else, Tony? There's other good things about Russ. It shouldn't be this hard. Wow. Look at my... <laughs> you know, I, I appreciate that because he finally Whoa. did to you what you always do to me. Tony. Well, first of all, Tony does it all the time. Tony, stop. But it it shouldn't how, be difficult. You know how, I can't even say that word now. Do you know how difficult, difficult it is trying difficult. to do a show with you guys doing this all the time? Like it's usually Tony, but I'm trying to, try to just it. keep it to like twice a show or something like that. All I'm saying is it shouldn't be that difficult. Like they're you're making it sound like you're pulling teeth, bro. Like it's not that it's not that difficult. Russ works out a lot. He does, does a lot of mm-hmm. does a lot of exercise, very active app. See, we're doing it mm-hmm. again. We're 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 accidentally doing it again. <laughs> he uh he has very white teeth. He gets his teeth clean. Dental hygiene is very important to Russ Dorsey. I do, I do. Yeah, he's all he's got care packages. If uh, 
You would like to see where Russ lives. What? He's got a nice care package for you. You know? <laughs> Tony's trying to make me sound like Derek Jeter. Oh, like a gift bag, yeah. <laughs> like a gift bag. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Thanks for coming. I appreciate Whoa. you stopping by. Whoa. <laughs> Tony, <laughs> shut up. Tony. You you you've ruined the segment. But my brother makes a good point because like we we enjoy the volatility of our favorite TV show, Russ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can't have you can't just have it always going bad all the time because like that's not interesting either. So we got to mm-hmm. we got to help kind of promote it here a little bit. And and truthfully, my brother my brother brought this up independently. Russ didn't bring this up first. My brother brought this up independently. And then he continued to talk to me about it uh, on the drive over to the rehearsal dinner after Evan's event, Russ. So he, he meant it. He was, he was very serious, but I think, I think he pictures himself as very similar to you. And like, you're always talking about wanting to tear up the town with Tony. I, I think you and my brother would probably have a good time. Oh, and 100%. Do, and do very one, well together. One, yeah. after meeting Jake, the more handsome of the Leisure Brothers. No offense to my guy. Uh, no, he tells everyone that. <laughs> um, yeah. Me and Jake would tear River North up on a Friday night. I promise you that. <laughs> uh, but this is something This is something Russ has been bringing up for a long time. And uh, I think probably the best way is not, not to ask Russ to go over the same ground again, but I think we need to hear from Hurt Feelings Russ. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys there it is you know i've been really just just kind of in the dumps recently and and it just really sucks that you know i come home you know with my two supposedly friends and i just really need to pick me up and you guys keep beating me down and beating me down and beating me down stop doing that hand motion <laughs> need some love from the people that I trust most in this whole world, which is Tony Gill and Jason Leisure. <laughs> so you guys, you guys, you guys don't know how much that hurts. Okay. All I need is support right now. Thank you. How, how close was that to uh, representing your actual feelings, Russ? He got like 30% of it, right? Oh, I think it was more than that. Yeah. <laughs> the, the part about me wanting to support from my friends, it's pretty accurate. Well, Russ, the only we'll... thing he left out was Tony, do hurt feelings or us about leaving things that are meant for text messages and not putting them on the show. <laughs> well, yeah, that one shouldn't say, hey, guys. That one should just say, hey, hey Tony. Tony. Hey, yeah. Tony. <laughs> hey, Tony. <laughs> right. What my guy, I'm, 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 trying, I'm trying to slang some meat out here. Segment, end of segment. I, I knew this would go no, wrong. I knew done. it would go wrong. We're done. We tried, sorry, Russ. Mom. We tried. I'm sorry, Mom. <laughs> we tried really hard. Tony, I forgot to mention in the last segment when we were trying to help Russ, and we're going to do our football weekend roundup, which I love doing with you guys, not every week, but most weeks, um, covering only the important news in college and pro football from the weekend. But I forgot to mention in the last segment, this would be another thing in Russ's favor. This will help him, part of our Russ sales pitch, or you know, trying to do our own version of Russ's Bumble profile or something like that here, you know? Um, and Russ, thank you for making time for this. Uh, 
amid all your volunteering and I know you yeah, a lot of, spent a lot of time down at the animal shelter. We love you, Russ. Uh, when Russ and I went out to dinner, if you go out to eat with Russ, it's a very classy experience. <laughs> it is. He knows all the like French That's and Italian true. words to order That's things. That's true. Uh, and I don't. Um, and he is extremely polite and generous and kind with waiters and waitresses. And there was a, a group of women at the table behind us that I believe they were leaving. I, I wasn't mm-hmm. really involved in this, but they asked if one of us would take a photo for them. And Russ just jumped right out of his seat, <laughs> grabbed the phone. He took a picture. Oh, he was. He flew in there like Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on, wait, hold on. Hold and, and, they, and, and now, hey, to be, fair, to be fair, they wanted to be rescued. They they were very pleased when Superman showed up and took the picture, and they were they were like after he took like all the guy did was take a picture. I mean, everybody's a professional photographer with an iPhone now, but they were like fawning over this picture, like, oh, you did such a great job. Oh, this is such a great picture. Like they they were very they were very satisfied with us. They they one so they come over there, Tony, and it wasn't like just directed at me. They put the 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 one girl. She put the phone in the middle. She was like, hey, would one of you guys mind taking a picture for us? And like both Jason and I both reached out, but yeah. I think I think they knew which one of us they wanted to grab the phone. I will say that. I think That's you knew. I think you knew which one of which one of us you wanted to grab the phone too. You you were very <laughs> quick to follow. Probably you. right. You're yeah. probably right. So I, I was just like, yeah, I got y'all, and I get I, up. I will do that for people all the time. Anytime someone asks me to take a picture, I, I've even offered to people when I can tell like they clearly want somebody. If you're at like the Grand Canyon or something like that. Um, so I'm very, very willing to do that for people. And I, and I didn't hesitate willing. to get out of my seat. And I was already like four steps behind Russ. Like if you want to know what Russ's 40 time is, <laughs> like at the at, tell him at the end of the 40-yard dash, there's a table full of women that would like him to take their group photo for him. And man, you've never seen anybody run that fast. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> um, so anyway, Tony. That wasn't totally a compliment. The, I grabbed the phone and I'm like, all right, give me. And I do the whole count. All right, one, two, three. Yeah. And I was like, Made a you big know, show of he, it. they like people like when you take like a lot of different photos so they can pick yeah. them. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna take. I made the announcement. I'm gonna take like six or seven of them for you guys. Yeah. Like, oh, thank you. So boom. And then I walk over. I'm like, what do you think? And she's like, these are so good. And so then after I sit down, they're still going through, and her friends are like, oh, let me see. They're like, oh, all loud. The whole restaurant hears. And so I start mm-hmm. laughing. Mm-hmm. And then they mm-hmm. turn out like, our photographer is so great. Mm-hmm. True story. That's, I'm not I'll, making that up. I'll verify all that. I was sitting right there that all of that happened. That is correct. And then I just say, thank you. You guys have a lovely night. Very classy. Look at that. That's exactly the thing. I would have said something like, as, it's as easy. I sat, it's an iPhone. <laughs> as I sat back and <laughs> sipped my wine. Right. Overlooking the whole restaurant. You made sure you didn't look back, right? No, I was facing them as they went down the staircase. Uh, But but it was classy because I had my wine and I like leaned on the chair next to me as I sipped as they walked away. Yeah. What what do you what do you mask? What's your name, mask (laughs) photographer? It's It's Dorsey. Russ Dorsey. Exactly. You got him like James Bond. Sips. Yeah. Sips one. Um, I'll tell you who was more excited than even that group as we go into football roundup right now was Urban Meyer to finally do something that wasn't embarrassing. 
He, although then the comment he made about this was a little bit embarrassing to me. Um, he said that the locker room celebration after they beat the Dolphins for their first win in a year and a half and his first NFL win ever was uh, as big of a celebration, Russ, as some of the college championships that he's won. I just need Urban to stop doing I don't think anything. anyone would agree with him. I don't feel like if there's a guy from the Mac, he'd say, no, we had a wilder locker room when we beat Bowling Green or something like that. Like uh, a 53-yard field goal at the end to beat the Dolphins. Uh, I, I don't – I feel like he's overblowing the celebration, making it sound like these guys really love him and played for him more than they probably did. That's you. Know, that's the college football coach and him coming out. You know how college football coaches like over-exaggerate right. all the time. Oh, yeah. Yep, and we will uh, we will get into some interesting news from college football as well. But first, I want a uh, quick shout out to BetUS. You can visit them at betus.com. That's our new sponsor. You can bet on anything there, um, all sports, including live betting, futures, race book. They even have their casino on there. You can do parlays. Uh, you can bet on who's going to – I was looking at the Super Bowl odds, Russ. Um, do you know who the favorite is right now on BetUS to win the Super Bowl? It is – I'm assuming it's the Buccaneers again? It is. Tampa Bay Bucks at five to one. You also have then followed by uh, the Bills at six to one and the Chiefs at seven to one. The Rams at eight to one. I kind of like the Rams actually. The Rams would be uh, a good one. Bears are one hundred and fifty to one. If you're feeling kind of wild, um, save your money, folks. <laughs> save your money. <laughs> well, speaking of money, you go on there and if you use promo code Sports Adjacent, all one word, no space, they will give you a one hundred and twenty-five percent sign-up bonus as long as you're putting in Whoa. at least fifty bucks. So if you put in a hundred bucks, for example, they'll kick you at twenty-five to your total right off the bat. Um, there, there's a box that drops that. There's a, a box that opens up where it asks you how you heard about BetUS. Please put us in there. Um, if you're going to do this, at least you know support us by telling them where you found it. Um, there will be a link in the episode description that you're li- of the uh, the episode you're listening to right now, so you can find it there. And uh, just a couple of spreads that are on there right now, Russ. The Bucks are a thirteen-point favorite over the Bears. Over under is 47 for that. You don't see 13 point favorite in a lot of games that uh, are non Jaguars games. They, they are not wrong with that one. This yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Packers, a 10 point favorite over the Washington football team. The Falcons are a two and a half point favorite over the Dolphins. The Rams, we talk about big spreads. The Rams are a 15 point favorite over the Lions. And that's an interesting one, but man, I feel like nobody's going to, it's so, nobody's going to cover a 15 point spread. You don't think, but then if you've seen some Rams games and you've mm-hmm. seen some Lions right. games, right. It's they the might. perfect. Yes. Something's got to give. And the, uh, the saints are a five point favorite over the Seahawks. So some games there for you to think about, and you can go on bet us and bet those use our promo code sports adjacent to get a 125% Sign up bonus. Uh, kicking it back to college football. Um, are you familiar with Ed Orgeron, Russ? The good old Orgy. Nah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Tony, well played. Uh, Tony made national, it funny. Ta- national championship winning head coach yes. for LSU. Less than. Yeah. Two years ago. Yeah, this wasn't yeah. like uh, 2011 greatest or 2010. This was 2019. What was that, Tom? The greatest team in college football history. Yeah, yeah. one of. Uh, and coming off a big win over Florida, one of their main rivals. But uh, he is out at LSU at the end of the season. 
and uh, you know, no big deal, but um, it's only for these reasons. They are four and three, and that's not good at LSU. Um, he's been going on some crazy locker room tirades, throwing chairs and yelling at people. He makes all the wrong hires as coordinators. Uh, and then allegedly some bizarre handling of some sexual assault allegations against his team. Um, and the, the athletic reported that he was accused of hitting on making, taking a pass at the pregnant wife of a university official. That'll do it. And WBRZ reported that he had multiple quote girlfriends attending and interfering with practice. The report from WBRZ was that it, it by interfering, for example, it meant that some of these women's kids were participating in drills with the team during practice. That's WBRZ reporting that. So Ed Orgeron, you know, just for only those reasons and possibly some others, uh, is out at LSU, but he will take a $17.5 million buyout check on his way out the door. It's pretty good. Yeah. Until, you know, Mrs. Orgeron <laughs> decides that she's had enough and then that check is going to go down significantly. There can't possibly be a Mrs. Orgeron, can there? Well, uh, he got divorced, I think, yeah. either right after the championship or right before they won the championship. So he's out here just slanging freely. You, you, and, you and Ed Orgeron would tear it up, Russ, together. No, 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 we would not. What is I'm just what saying. Well, Russ, let's go out there. And go, go, go Tigers. Go Tigers, yeah. yeah. See, I was wondering if you guys knew what Ed Orgeron sounded like. And I, I've spent tigers. a lot of time in Louisiana, and uh, I, I I know that voice. I've heard that voice many times from people that weren't Ed Orgeron. Uh, it sounds like the uh, coach from The Waterboy. It's super – very Bayou. Um you can't have your girlfriends, plurals, kids participating in LSU practice. If imagine I'm a first round draft pick at LSU and I see some 12 year old kid doing drills with us, I'm gonna be like, all right, bro, like what are we doing here? <laughs> Come on, I'm trying to go to the league and you got some kid here. While we're you know, giving out life advice, Russ, um I'm a bit of a prude, I know, but I would say as a general rule of thumb. Don't hit on pregnant women. There's a pretty good chance they're attached in some way to someone. And I, I can tell you how I know that, but it's probably pretty obvious. I'm with you. Because they're pregnant. I'm with you. Would be the reason. Hey, you, know, you, never, you never know how those relationships are. It's 2020, you know, 2021. Tony, can you look up? I'm going to stumble through it here in a minute, but can you try to look up while I'm doing this how to pronounce the former Washington State football coach's name? I believe that it's Nick Rolovich, Russ, from Washington okay. State. He he was fired midseason uh, because he refused to comply with the state mandate in Washington to get vaccinated. And he's been asked many times why he is not getting vaccinated. He's the only coach in the Pac-12 that's uh, that or was the only coach in the Pac-12 that was unvaccinated. Uh, he has never really explained why he did apply or at least indicated that he applied for a religious exemption. Um, but never, never explained what his objection to the vaccine is. And now he's out. I mean, like I said, we do a lot of racism and, uh, COVID foolishness and <laughs> yes. Ben Simmons on this show. 
They all keep turning up. Did I pronounce his name right, Tony? Is it Nick Rolovich? Is it Vich or Vic? Thank Inconclusive. You, for... you should unmute yourself, Tony, to do the show. That would probably Thanks help. Thanks for being our producer, Tony. Let's assume what, Rolovich. What job um, we pay you for on here besides making fun of Jason and I. Yeah. Speaking of the vaccine, Cam Newton got vaccinated and wants to play. And he's been talking to the Seahawks and the Seahawks are out there with Geno Smith. Uh, he wasn't half bad. I must say this for Geno. Geno is really like a player coach because he hadn't started a game before last Sunday in like four years. Yeah. And he was all right. Um, obviously, knowing the game, he's been in a lot of systems. So seen a lot of football. But yeah, Cam's probably the better. If they want to win some games in NFC West, just go ahead and sign. Uh, uh, I was not look a little shaky Cam, lately. But Cam looks awful. Cam wasn't that bad in the preseason. I like the idea of Cam for a month. Yeah, it's like it's you're not asking him to play the whole season. You're like you're asking him to go out there and at least give keep you five hundred until Russell comes back. I think my man's washed. And Gino not? Mm-hmm. Gino ain't started in four years. I think Gino could still throw at 20 yards. Can't like listen, Cam was healthy this preseason and looked fine. Like the the Patriots just wanted to go with Mac Jones. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Four games. Oh plus we mentioned that, that we mentioned that the Bears are playing Tom Brady and the Buccaneers this week. Tom Brady mm-hmm. said this week that he could quote literally play till 50 or 55 years old. I mean, I think that's, you know, at, at some point his, the TB 12 method is not going to work, <laughs> but as of right now, he, he's still doing it at a high level. He's 44. And if you look at the career he's had just since turning 40, I mean, just like, the last five seasons, it's just that he's alone. Had another, yeah. He's had, all he's had another seasons, Hall of Fame career. Yeah, all these yeah. seasons he's had after 40 or from 40 and on are like would be like the five best seasons of quarterbacking in Bears history. I mean, I'm looking through this right now. It's a 32 touchdowns, 29, 24, 40 last year, 17 already this year. Uh, passer rating all of those years. There was one down year with New England at the end, but three of those five years he's had 100-plus passer rating, which, by the way, the Bears have never had. I think Mitch Trubisky has the record, single-season passer rating record for the Bears at like 93 or something like that, the year that everybody thought he was good, but really he just had one big game against the Buccaneers. That was a different Buccaneers. One last thing I want to hit in the football roundup is, do you ever watch the Colts? Do you really? Because I don't know if anyone else does. Matt Nagy watches the Colts. Yes, Matt Nagy always wants you to look at what happened at the end of the Colts game. Yeah, I don't know if Mark Potash still to this day has gone and looked at. I think he did actually. Potsy's pretty uh, diligent in his work, but uh, they are rolling with Carson Wentz. They beat up on the Texans, so everything's fine uh, apparently. Just as just like when the Bears play the Lions and they think everything's fixed. Uh, but Jim Mersey, their owner, promises Russ two championships this decade. Do you want to hear what he had to say specifically on Twitter? And now, Tony Gill reads. Hey guys, Tony Gill with glasses, ready and uh, ready to read some more. 
Colts Nation. Don't this you worry. Is, you're supposed to say this is Jim say on Twitter. You're supposed to like do just do one of these the right way, please. It says right in the email I sent you what it's from. And now, Tony Gill reads. Jim Mercy. In NFL Roundup. <laughs> That's the subject of the email. Just read the tweet. Colts Nation, don't you worry. We're going to get that horseshoe. At least two Lombardis this decade. As sure as the sun rises and the seasons change, it's coming. Don't ever doubt that. Ever. You will see greatness. Believe and you will see. I do doubt that. I don't believe it. I don't think we'll see it. Russ, aren't you glad that the Bears didn't trade for Carson Wentz? 1,000%. All right, let's pivot to some serious journalism here, Russ. Uh, This is uh, an interesting uh, sideswipe that has come from the Washington football team emails and with Bruce Allen. Uh, Adam Schefter from ESPN has been caught up in this. And the main email that has leaked out from him is him sending a draft of a story, basically, to Bruce Allen to ask him to look it over. It calls him Mr. Editor, asks him if there's anything he needs to tweak or change from it. And uh, that's not exactly how you're supposed to do things in sports journalism. That doesn't fit with journalistic ethics at all. In fact, that runs afoul of them. Now it's time for a Chicago Bears segment we call. This is fine. I'm okay with the events that are unfolding currently. Everything's fine. That's okay. Things are going to be okay. All right. Before we get into that, I guess we need to check in on the Chicago Bears here, Russ. Yes, I guess we can do that. You love that intro, don't you? Um, yeah, yes. Everything's fine with the Bears. In fact, everything's really fine. They're three and three, that like they always are. 500. Now, someone asked me if I still cover the – if I miss covering the Dolphins on Twitter and uh, – my response was that I still do, I don't miss them because I still cover the Dolphins. They're just called the Bears. <laughs> um, I think I told you this. I can't remember if I said this on the show or if I said this to you uh, separately or in a text or something. But I, I believe at some point I told you last week that the Bears were one of a few teams in the NFL that has yet to score 100 points. Mm-hmm. And that that was kind of concerning because they've played five games at that point. And now they've played six games and they're still not there. They're stuck on 98. So the other teams that are in that boat are the Dolphins. Uh, (laughs) The the easy thing about the Dolphins and the Bears is you can always tweet every Sunday uh, going into halftime down 13 to 7. The Dolphins are at 99 points. Bears 98, Texans 92, and the Jets are at 67, although they actually have played only five games. Um, Last year, there's a, you can find this on football reference. It's kind of cool. You can look at like season by season by season for the entire league. Last year, the average scoring for the entire league per team was 25 points per game. The Bears and the Jaguars are the only two teams 
that have not hit 25 points in a game this season. I keep thinking they're going to lose a game like three to nothing at some point. They're not idiots. I think when you hear, I think what's valuable about hearing that list, when you hear the bears and then you hear teams like the dolphins, the Texans, the jets and the Jaguars is that a lot of times when you're a fan or you live in a city with the NFL team or you're a media member or whatever, you kind of like lose the awareness of what the national perception is. And then when you hear like, Oh, that's the club we're in. That's the lunch table we sit at is with the uh, dolphins, Texans, jets, and Jaguars. Then it kind of clicks for you, I think. Or, or maybe the bears have done the most winning by scoring the least amount of points out of that group. But Matt Nagy would like you. You're one of those bright side guys. One of those, uh, you know. All right, back to Adam maybe, Schefter. Maybe when 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 Matt Nagy is unemployed this offseason, maybe he can hire Tony for his podcast. Um, back to Adam Schefter. <laughs> it, the, that podcast would be called Finding the Wise. <laughs> He'd have a lot of fun with Tony on that one, because Tony would have some ideas on some why. Oh yeah, um, Matt. Let's find every week would be like uh, if you've seen on Disney, my kid on Disney Plus, my kids watch this show called Forky Asks a Question. That'd be every episode with Tony and Matt Nagy on a podcast where Tony would be like, "Let's, Matt, let's find the whys of squirrels." So because Tony's squirrel obsession. Before we got caught up and everything's fine, Jason was presenting the. Uh, why Adam Schefter was in the news recently um, in the L.A. Times reported that in 2011, Schefter sent uh, an email to Washington football team president Bruce Allen that read. Please let me know if you if you see anything that should be added, changed or tweaked. Thanks, Mr. Editor, for that. And the trust plan to file this to ESPN at about. 6 a.m. Very um, important to note, too, by the way, he's reporting on the labor quote. dispute at that time. Correct. Between the labor and management. So he was talking to management. Right. Um, and sending him an entire story. Um, and it just brings in the question, journalistic ethics. Uh, and for me, being somebody who, like, cares about that one. Absolutely. But, absolutely. But, but also, like, it's interesting to see where the li- different lines are for people. Like, where is a, a national, I'm going to put this in air quotes, reporter or insider, yeah, like insider. Adam Schefter's yeah. line, where is it for him? And you see here, like, his line was a little bit further back than mine is or Jason's is, where he'll send a, a source and that's what Bruce Allen is in the situation. He's a source, an entire story. Right. Um, and I think we all have sources. We all have people we talk to about certain things. Like there's a, I have an entire phone of people who I could call about something. And most people are like, oh man, that's, it's a pretty big name. At the same time, like, I'm not going to give a source an entire story and be like, Hey, if there's anything that needs to be changed here, because that's not, in my eyes or estimation, ethical. No, no, no. Um, that's not your. Eye. That's not in your eyes. That's the book. I mean, that's the. It is flatly unethical what he did. That absolutely, unequivocally violates the rules of journalism. 
Well, I'd like to think that, Jason, but I feel like in, in recent years, the that's changed. I don't think people really care about journalistic ethics, which bothers me in a way because I feel like everybody feels like they're, they're a reporter now, whether it's talking heads on TV, former yeah. athletes, whoever. Like Everybody feels like they're a reporter and everybody views them as that. Everybody being, you know, fans of whatever sport we would be referring to in this situation is football. But like, I, I don't think that's okay. And for me, like I've always had like a kind of side eye at Adam Schefter, not because I don't think he's informed on things, but you know, after that situation with Jason Pierre Paul, where he had the photo of yeah. right of the, the photo of um I think that's where after the fireworks incident with Jason Pierre Paul yeah. had the the literal chart from the hospital that said that right. he had he had like an amputation of three of his fingers um that was straight from the hospital and Jason Pierre Paul sued Schefter and ESPN for that and they had to settle out of court for that potential HIPAA violation but like something like that is also over the line and yeah. I think there's just something there's a place for me where it's like you don't cross that line like we've had a you know a situation with our podcast where it's like yo this is probably not a big deal but we don't even want to the appearance of crossing that line or that boundary yes and we always get blowback from tony anytime we have to make a decision like that um is it let me just be honest here the most embarrassing part of this for me was that he called him mr editor like that's pretty lame that's nasty that's just like that's the part I want out. That's the part, like, I'd be so ashamed to have. What, Tony? Why are you giggling during this? Don't don't ask uh-huh. Tony questions. We're going to mute his mic. Yeah, I know. That, you're right. You're absolutely right. That's my fault. Um, I, you are correct in the sense that I think a lot of people don't care that much about journalistic ethics, especially people outside of our field. Um, that doesn't make them not journalistic ethics, though. And if you really want to know how things work at that level. And I'm not speaking specifically of Adam Schefter because I don't know this about him in particular, but this is generally how it works. The people that stay the same over the long term, as far as power players in a sport are the agents and management coaches, GMs, ownership, whatever. Those people are there for possibly your entire career as a reporter. Players come and go. So it's not surprising at all to see one of these insiders doing something that's very favorable toward either agents or management rather in a case where he's reporting on a dispute between players and management. You know, I, I wonder if there's also a similar email that he is sending to uh, you know, like Russell Wilson to look over or whoever would have been prominent among the players at that time or Aaron Rodgers to like, Hey, you know, Mr. Editor, Aaron Rodgers, let me know if there's anything to tweak from this, but Russ, like, Adam Schefter is a good reporter. He breaks news all the time. And very, very little of it, if any, I I know examples come to mind right now for me of something that he reports that isn't accurate, that doesn't turn out to be the case. And I'm sure that he has done some very good work as a reporter to get that. But also, there's a reason why, in some cases, he's the one getting those stories. And I think some, you know, it seems very clear that his relationship with Bruce Allen, for example, 
way, way, way too cozy. It would make me question anything that he had reported about any player situation with the Washington football team. I think um, I don't want to make it seem like no reporter has relationships with front office members, with agents. It's part of the gig, right? Um, And some of those people, you have really good relationships with those people. I think that's fine. But I also think there's a a certain line that gets crossed where, you know, there's got to be boundaries. There has to be a boundary at some point, right? And I think to send, I don't believe so. Well, you're not really a journalist, exactly. And you guys made a good point that the general public doesn't really care. I don't think about like he's still doing his TV hits. Like, there's no, I haven't seen any fan kind of pushback on that email, kind of whatsoever. And we mentioned like earlier in the podcast about transferring your competitive nature to your career in media. I think I I just kind of assumed that he was buddy buddy with a lot of these people in order to break news as much as he does. Um, And that's kind of all I need from Adam Schefter is what he does is he breaks news and he gets there for, and to be first, Maybe he has to, like, the underbelly of what he does, like, and Woj and all of those big time and Shams. Like, do if, if we uncovered and flipped over what they have to do to get in close with these executives, players, agents, I'm pretty sure it doesn't look all that epically great. But, I mean, that's this is we got the pit, and obviously, this wasn't supposed to be made public. Um, but do, does I think it interferes with the way he specifically does his job? For him specifically, I don't think so. He doesn't write opinion pieces. He doesn't write think pieces. He reports on news. And technically, the new the, the information that he gets from these organizations, buddy, buddy or not, is news. Now, he can. he's also going to get from players – um, obviously, that's a part of his job, but his relationships are with these teams that's going to be there for the length of his career and him getting in close with these organizations. That's his job. So I didn't I don't think a lot of people in the general public that like and enjoy sports even better than I at that. Email. I think I think you're right in the sense of Tony, like, yeah, I think he is buddy buddy with a lot of these people because of being able to have that access that others don't have. And I'm not naive enough to think that, oh my gosh, people are getting information that others don't get. And they're not, it's not just because they work hard and they're good reporters and good journalists. Like I I know how it goes. Like I've been in this business long enough to, to know that I, in a perfect world, would everybody just work hard, be good reporters, build relationships with people who trust them and know that they're going to get things right and accurate. And because of that, they build those sources and get things first. Sure. But I know the world doesn't work like that. Um, And and maybe you're right, Tony, like that's, I don't think like you're not looking to Adam Schefter for the hard hitting, you know, journalism in the industry in football. You know, I, I think for me in baseball, we have a lot of the different people like the different newsbreakers 
I think in, in baseball, it's different than football because in football, there's like three or four people that break all the news. In baseball, there's a group of like seven or eight people that break like 65, 70% of the news. But the cool part about baseball, like beat reporters can still eat and break a lot of that news, building sources and over time. But yeah, I, I, I do think you're right in the sense that his job is different than Jason's, right? Mm-hmm. His job is different than um, a columnist at a newspaper or somebody at the athletic. Like his job is strictly breaking news. Get that information, and, man. Get that tight end injury, that fifth round pick, that trade, whatever. Yeah, and and he's the best in the sport at it. At the same time, if I'm a professor of a journalism class and I want to teach about journalistic ethics, I'd point to this situation and be like, yo, this isn't, if we're talking about what's right and wrong in a journalistic sense, from an ethical perspective, this would not be it. If we're talking about what makes money and fame, though, um, Adam Schefter said that uh, he, he kind of defended this as not allowing necessarily Bruce Allen to proofread this and make changes like an actual editor, even though he called him Mr. Editor. Cool nickname, by the way. <laughs> uh, but more to just kind of run the information by him. I, I know what he's talking about because I've done that. I have run information by a source before mm-hmm. I went to print with it to make sure that I'm understanding it correctly. Right. Never to give them final cut over something uh, or anything like that. I've even run quotes by people uh, to make sure that I have quoted them correctly. If I'm doing a feature story or if I understood the intent of their quote correctly, but it's always very clear in my emails to those people or conversations with those people. It's always very clear that this is, this is my story that I and my journalistic outlet have control over. I, I'm not saying here, mark this up with a red pen, Mr. Editor, and uh, let me know what I should change in here. That, that, that's a pretty big difference. But I think that's, and you're right. And that happens all the time. And I think most reporters, I'd say 99% of reporters would do that exact thing because I've sent the text to a source and like, Hey, I just want to make sure that when this gets printed, it's accurate. And then you don't come back and call me like, yo, this is wrong. Like, I just want to make sure this is accurate as possible so that I get it right. It's not, yo, you get to change this and this, and you get to change this wording and this wording and this paragraph. No, but I think that's where it gets misconstrued in the public eye because now it's like, eh, what's the difference between what you just said, Jason, and what Schefter did? Like, I think in somebody's mind who doesn't necessarily understand the entire scope of what we do and why something might be wrong, they can look at that and say, eh, it's basically the same thing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, there are probably a lot of people like Tony that um, aren't really interested in this. They just want the tweets. They want the Schefter tweets and they want the Woj bombs and they don't really care what it takes to get those. Russ, would you like to hear the news that we didn't get to today on the show? As long as it doesn't include Tony reading anymore, yes. Yeah, the correct answer is yes, always to that question, <laughs> just so you know. Uh, by the way, Sports Adjacent is brought to you by Obvious Shirts. You can go on their website right now. They have free shipping. I'm um, looking at some of their new shirts. They have one that you can pre-order right now that says, I hope both teams lose, which is kind of funny. It's like, you know, you might wear that if uh, 
you're a Cubs fan and you're watching like a Cardinals Brewers game, that'd be the joke. Um, you can you can order that in five different colors. They also have a Schwisdom shirt. Is that Schwindel and Wisdom? Y- yes. Or what is Jason. that? What, what is that? That's that. That's that Tulane education coming I'm out right you there. Because I don't know, Russ. I said yes, but right. I'm glad you you put those two things together. So they got uh, they have free shipping already, and you can get an extra ten percent off by using our promo code adjacent ten. Russ, you know how players uh, of all sports, but probably a lot in baseball, have like a pregame routine that they always stick to. Like yes. they always eat the same meal, or always do the same stretches, or they always take a nap after shoot around, or something like that. Um, Carl Anthony Towns has an interesting one. He likes to before a game watch two gorillas fight to the death on YouTube. Um, okay. Didn't I say last week we got to stop asking famous people questions? Well, if you asked Carl Anthony Towns why he does this, here's what he'd say. And now, Tony Gill reads. Hey, guys. Back with another uh, reading segment. I appreciate it. You guys must really like me. You really, really like uh, Tony Gill with glasses. Uh, I appreciate you guys uh, allowing me to be a part of your show. Thank you. This is Carlton T. Towns' pregame routine. I really just have been watching two gorillas fight before every game. I've been, like, addicted to that. I want to see who is the best in the laws of nature. I'm watching gorillas fight all day. I know if I'm in that video, I'm leaving that alive. Somebody's going to die. That ain't going to be me. You probably would, though, if you fought an actual gorilla. I don't I don't think anybody's going to survive that. And I don't think it's working for him. <laughs> There's that, too. Um, Megan the Stallion and her boyfriend, Party Fontaine. Yeah. They've been whoa, dating. Whoa, wait, for- wait, whoa. What? Wow, Jason. Wow, dude. Like, I'm, actually, I'm actually pretty impressed, too. I am really impressed. Because I pronounced everything too. correctly? You yes. pronounced everything correctly. You said More it naturally. party. More party than Meg, because Meg's you know super famous. But like the fact that you said party's name right, I'm I'm actually shocked. Okay, well thank Congrats. you guys, I appreciate that. You've, you've um, lowered your age from sixty five to sixty four. Nice. Yeah. Well, those two have been dating, and they've made it to their one year anniversary of dating. So congrats to Megan and Party. It's a long time in Hollywood, man. Yeah, yeah. Wish them the best. There's one more thing I wanted to say about this, actually. Okay. Um. So to celebrate their their one year anniversary, they went out, they went somewhere tropical. Uh, I couldn't tell where from the photos, but the uh, the anniversary fo- anniversary photos are are really something. And um, I'm approaching my 16th anniversary of actual marriage, so I'm very uh, this has set the bar very high. This is what they do for one year of dating. Um, one of the photos, she's holding a a drinking glass with only her butt, and. And party, which I didn't think was possible, I wouldn't have known that that you could that you could do that. But party Fontaine is then is is drinking out of in the, with a straw in the photo. Give me like thirty seconds. That, oh, you need to look this up. I don't believe you. Uh, oh, I've seen I've seen this picture. He's not lying. Yeah, yeah I have I'm it somewhere about, for you. You know I'm what? I had this. Out. I wanted to show this. This is perfect because well, I'll stall for time here for you because I wanted to show you this. 
Uh, and I thought I had it on my phone, although that's probably a bad idea. That's uh, a bad idea. But I wanted to show it to you and have you react to it live on the show. So this is this is actually perfect that you're that you're doing this, that we can all experience the first time seeing it for you together. Are you pulling it up or you should? should I, I, I thought uh, you were, but um, I'm 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 trying to be uh, very cautious with my Google search here. Yeah, you're not gonna find this photo if you're being very cautious. Here you go, Russ. You'll notice no hand is holding up that glass. Oh no, no, I I got it. Yeah, and I, I understand why. Thank Do you, you remember the part where I said uh, holding it with only her butt? Yes, Jason, I got it. She's and then I wasn't. I didn't know that that'd be possible. She's a goat. I uh, have been working on a trick where I rest a beer can on my belly and kind of tilt it back to take a drink and then get it to rock back into place upright. But I'm not there yet. Still got to work on it. Not as good. I'm telling you that right now. We all have our physical gifts. Kanye West uh, has officially and legally changed his name to simply Yay. Did you see that he was out in New York with uh, Michael Cohen and he was wearing a, a very odd mask? I don't keep up with Kanye anymore, man. You might want to look up that picture. It's pretty weird looking. Um, Brown's defensive end, Miles Garrett. We're getting close to Halloween and he's put up his Halloween decorations in front of his mansion. And Can they I say are, Brown's, Brown's defensive end just all together just sounds bad? Okay, he's a Miles Garrett is a defensive end who plays for the Cleveland Browns, Tony. Um, yeah, I know. It was just Brown. It just reminds I guess me. just Brown in general is funny to you, huh? Because of poop. Brown it's hilarious, and, right? And, okay. and, yeah. All right. I'm going back. I'm going to mute Tony's mic again. I oh, like having that access. I'm, I'm glad I can do that now. I don't know if the listeners want you to have that access. I think the listeners no, I, want... Well, the listeners don't pay unfettered Tony, so. Tony Gill. It's cool. Uh, anyway, the decorations, the Halloween decorations that Miles Garrett has put in front of his mansion, Russ, are gravestones of the quarterbacks that he has sacked. <laughs> That's pretty good. And one of them is Justin Fields, of course, because he sacked him four and a half times in one game. Amen. Uh, the Chicago Sky won the WNBA title. Hey, let's go. Yes. Had their championship parade and celebration. Tuesday. Correct. And uh, a lot of things going on. Chance the Rapper was there. Uh, the door that Deanna, Deanna, Diana Taurasi. Diana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was all, I was really struggling with that one. Diana <laughs> Taurasi. The, the door that Diana Taurasi broke was there. Yeah, the door that she here. broke right before she didn't talk to the media after. Yeah. That's something that you know, I would, just a quick opinion from you guys on being journalists. Like that's in a so finals game. That's so unprofessional. That's <laughs> yeah. that shouldn't be allowed to fly at all. And, 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 and if, too. The, it's you know terrible for the league. And, and you had every executive from the WNBA in the building. Yeah. And on the last game of the entire season, when a team just gets bounced from the way, you can't just say, "Nah, bro, I'm not gonna talk." Stop. Yeah. That's ridiculous. But it's, they should be. But it's they in, should be ashamed of something. It's in their it's in their laws that they don't have to do it. That shouldn't be in a CBA ever. I don't care imagine, who it is. Imagine being a reporter in Phoenix and uh, your company is paying for you to fly to Chicago for this series to cover it, and then you get no media access. You have to you have to write the the Mercury decline to do media after the game. They did talk. Yeah. I think the next day they talked uh, doing Zoom or whatever. And uh, Diana Taurasi, Taurasi, I, I can't get that name right. I've Diana known that Taurasi. name. I've been saying that name for twenty years correctly because she's <laughs> right. been big since then. Uh, she said uh, her only comment on it was uh, that there were a lot of doors in that room. 
And finally, Russ, from the Cape Cod Times. Tony, do you know where Cape Cod is? You got a guess? Uh, Massachusetts. Ding, 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 man. I'm shocked. Yeah. I said there's no way in hell Tony gets this. He's so happy with himself. Uh, From the Cape Cod Times, Russ, a two-headed turtle has survived and is now four weeks old. It's a diamondback terrapin. It has two heads and six legs. All right. Yeah. In fact, we should show you a picture of this, too. Uh, Nah, I'd much rather see Meg again. I still have that on my uh I still have that on my phone actually. How do they select which one gets to mate? On that note, that's gonna do it. No, for no, 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 because I don't I don't want Tony to keep saying things. Yeah, stop talking, Tony. There we go. Two headed turtle, it. Russ. Thanks. Uh their heads this was one of the more interesting parts that I saw in the article. Their heads operate independently. Like they <gasps> that if the turtle's underwater, you know, the heads come up at different times alternately for air. And uh, the turtles' names are Mary-Kate and Ashley. Got it. As you can see, I muted Tony's mic because I didn't want anything said. The audience does not want you to do that. I don't care. They, we well, need to finish this thing I properly. Mean, you might want to care. They're the customers. No, no, I get it. I get it. But we just need to finish with a smooth transition out of this, this episode. But they don't want it to be smooth. That, well, See, they, you they, know, that, that's you, the other thing, man. Like but, but you, you, you enjoyed know, when I was telling you how everyone in my family is kind of a Russ guy. But I get it. also everyone I've ever met that's ever listened to the show loves the disruption that Tony causes on an on an you know, every you know 10 minute who, basis. You know who doesn't like disruption? Our lovely sponsors. Bet US, we're very excited to have on board. We appreciate them, as we said plenty of times throughout this pod. Go on betus.com, use our promo code Sports Adjacent, and when you make your first deposit of $50 or more, you get a 125% sign up bonus. Visit betus.com. We like to thank Obvious Shirts, as always, for being our sponsor since the beginning. Really appreciate them. You can use our promo code Adjacent10 to get 10% off and free shipping. Go online, go and uh, listen to our pod, uh, Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher. Give us five stars. Leave us a review, a comment. Tell all your friends and family. For Russ Dorsey, Jason Leisure, Tony Gill, who's muted. I'm going to unmute him as we <laughs> head out. <laughs> you won't stop me, people. Here we go. <laughs> the, second, the second you unmute him, he dives right in. We're going to holler at you. He will Sweet. silence you. He did silence you. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.